This week's Laser Force podcast is brought to you by the wonderful work of Marco Caldwell, a.k.a. Beautiful from Loveland, who has so lovingly designed a number of different logos for our tournaments and for individual sites. Big shout out to you, Marco. Keep up the good work. Yeah, man. If you guys notice, uh, the uh, logo has actually changed for this week's resupply. So give that a look uh, when you can. Thanks, Heats Marco. Uh, we really appreciate the work. Welcome back to the resupply with me, Guy Next Door. And me, DK. Bringing you your mostly weekly double tap of all things Laser Force and Space Marines. Uh, yeah, sorry about last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I fell victim to the Kiwi AIDS um, among having a, to shoot off to a family reunion. So uh, we're back. and uh, Your whole country should be quarantined. <laughs> I, I kind of was. Last weekend, we were in the middle of the bush. And uh, I was without cell phone reception for two days. No cell phones, no internet, nothing. Um, which, you know, I'd imagine some of you younger kids would be like, what the fuck is that like? Um, it was no, terrible. it's, it's Let me liberating. Tell you. Until you get back into cell phone reception and your phone goes apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's nice to be back and, in, in, um, you know, back in front of the mic with you, my friend. Yeah, I, I will say it felt kind of special to me, though. We got, like, six or seven sad reacts uh, when I posted that we weren't going to be posting a show. So thanks for making us feel special, yeah, I guys. Was, uh, this week I was like, maybe we should do, like, a poll on Facebook and be like, hey, who actually listens to the pod? But I'm sure somebody will add some, like, bullshit answers. So I figured <laughs> we'll just guess at it. <laughs> somebody would post something negative on the Internet? This is shocking information for me. Well, I, I was going to rely on the... Um, uh the youtube uh views stat but i'm fairly certain i account for like half of those myself so <laughs> um <laughs> manipulate those stats just get one of those uh, quick farms in bangladesh yeah. or whatever i've got enough cousins here that maybe we can like pay some of them to do it <laughs> there yeah, you yeah. go um all right so uh it, i guess we, we're following on from um where we left off on the last pod uh in our series of um uh our deep dive into the space marines podcast oh actually just before we go i'd like to preface that um i'm still a little bit sick so i've got my um my uh sexy uh sick voice on so if i sound worse than normal that's why <laughs> yeah so uh what are we going to talk about this week well last time we talked about the art of the medic and i guess this would be a good time to sort of segue into just what our sort of order of operations is when it comes to training new yeah. players, since that's how we sort of prefaced it last mm. time, was contrary to what a lot of people kind of suggest with making Scout the first thing that everybody learns, I like to train the new players on Medic to get them some exposure to how to operate as part of a team mm. unit and also to kind of minimize in a tournament situation uh, the kind of deficits that you can experience on the offensive mm. end by putting them on Medic. But I would say Scout's usually the, the second thing. That, that I did. Would you, would you kind of agree with that? Yeah. Approach? So we we kind of go the reverse order. We normally chuck people as scout, but it's, I think that's because um, I haven't really like given much thought into kind of the nuances of um, which one teaches you more from the get go. So I think like 
um, learning to play scout, you know, really gets you into that offensive mindset. And to be fair, is probably the least kind of jump from um, standard laser force where you run around and you shoot people. You know, that's that's the name of the sure. game. Um, but you're right. I think Medic kind of teaches you some different elements, uh, specifically the teamwork stuff. So it, it's something that um, I'd potentially like to implement um with the new players coming in but yeah scout would definitely be the next one on my list as well yeah well and i, I would preface that by saying i was speaking specifically in a capacity for, for like leagues and sure. tournaments and stuff if it's just a practice night we almost always you're gonna play scout pretty much the entire night the first time <laughs> the you're randomizer there, just kinda... to kind of learn the ropes and figure out what's going on yeah and the, the matchmaker yeah. sort of accounts for that i think they they give you something like 10 games of scout or something before you do anything right, else right. Um, now, uh, also just on the, the medic stuff, I want to give a shout out, a special shout out to our man, uh, Than, <laughs> who, who? <laughs> you know, that old guy who used to do the podcast with me. <laughs> oh, you mean, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, as soon as, uh, about, about a kidding. half hour after that podcast launch, he was like, what the fuck, man? I thought you were going to get me on. Um, so sorry, buddy, like, <laughs> completely, completely flaked on that one, but that's all right, we got, uh, the, uh, best scout, um, on the current Laser Force scene <laughs> in DK here with us giving you his hot snakes, uh, hot take on, um, <laughs> on the scout position. <laughs> no, no, you had the hot snakes, buddy, you were the one who had All right, so, um, where do you want to start first? Well, I would say with Scout, so we'll do the same thing kind of last time. I'll give you my, my top five kind of uh, skills for Scout that I think are important to teach newer players and just things to bear in mind overall when you're playing Scout. Obviously, there are way more than five things that you have to do, but if I constrain myself to talking about five things, then the podcast will be a reasonable length. <laughs> now, fuck it. Talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about laser tag know, all right? day. Sometimes we, we do. See, no, I can't. I can't. Play. Although we're we're only, I think we we decided seven weeks out at this point from, uh, from nationals. Maybe closer to six weeks by the time everybody listens yeah. to this. So we're actually we're actually getting back into the swing of things, and which led me to my, my post about I need to up my training regimen a little uh, yeah, bit. You and me both. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but I guess that would uh, be number one for for scout is use the term scout as literally as possible. It's called scout for a reason. So make sure you're doing some actual scouting mm. for your team. You have the ability to be out in the field much longer than anybody else because of how quickly you resupply. Use that to your advantage since you resupply shots twice as fast as anyone else and your lives are going to go up at a very, very quick rate as well. So even one resupply, you get 10 shots and five lives. That's so mm. many I know newer players, like, oh my god, I'm low, I need to get like three or four resups. Not if mm. you're Scout. If you get one resup, that should hold you at least for a minute, if not longer, mm. at that point. So the big thing is, use your ability to Scout to your advantage. Don't crowd your resupply. Mm. That is like the first thing that I stress to newer players is, especially as a Scout, don't crowd your resupply. Because... Yeah, you can help on the defense, but you're not a three-hit. Yeah. You're not going to be able to absorb nearly as much kind of pressure as a heavier commander. In really bad scenarios, you're just an extra reset for that enemy commander yeah. or heavy who comes in and just breaks your yeah. resup. 
So don't play right next to your resupply. Don't crowd them. If you're going to help defend, which is something you do have to do as a scout sometimes, defend them from a little bit out, at least like one or two backtrack lengths away from the resupply. So if something does go wrong, you have a fallback position, then maybe you have a secondary fallback position, and they can't just come in and tag mm. you again along with your resupply because you have a good backtrack mm. on them. Yeah, it's um one of my pet peeves is having, and it's probably the same for most people that play competitively, is having um one or even two scouts just hanging around the resupply um and yeah you see it with a lot of newer players they just they'll sort of hang around and you know pick a corner and go stand on that corner and like look around the corners and you, you yeah and, and it's kind of understandable yeah. the first time that you're playing a limited lives kind of game you're like oh my god i really don't want to get That's killed right. out i have to stay close to the medic so i don't yeah. die but you're not quite as squishy as a scout as you might otherwise yeah. imagine Getting five lives a tap and having a cap of 30 lives is, is so yeah. many. It's so hard to get killed. Yeah, out. absolutely. Um, and, yeah, you're right. Like, if you hang around, <laughs> you, you basically become another reset, especially if you are a newer player, um, because a lot of the time, gun drops down, you know, um, hashtag keep your gun up, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and the, you know, you get tagged and then basically get reset to, to hell. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even if you're you're just kind of one backtrack length away, you're still able to provide some more visibility and some communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there are all kinds of spots that I would tell people to cover in the the Sacramento maze or things like that, just to kind of keep mm-hmm. an eye out. Uh, for for Auckland, I mean, I haven't been to your guys's field, but based on the videos and stuff I've seen in that kind of that downstairs resupply area, what do you guys call it? Disco, the, the disco. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it has those kind of two corners where you have your your heavy stationed in one corner and your resupply in the other corner. But if a scout's back there, they can get out of there and look all the way around the corner into where an attacker is actually going to be coming in. That's the bare minimum of where they need to be, if not farther away. So that way they can let the heavy know somebody's coming well before they actually Mm. get there. So you're not just kind of tense waiting to see lights Mm. coming around the corner. And part of that too is making sure that you're your calls are being heard um you know there's no point in uh in seeing that stuff happen and not communicating it um because then you get smashed yeah i mean i kind of had to retrain myself after years of mostly playing three hit at tournaments but then when we were prepping for 2017 nats in sacramento starting with the west coast that we had that year it seemed like things were kind of working a little bit better uh, with me playing mm. scout and having Venom and Yama play three hit just for the overall team mm. dynamic. I'm like, okay, this is interesting to do. And I took a lot of inspiration. I learned a lot of tips from mm. Lejeune, who was who had played scout for a number of years at that point, was so good at being in the midfield, communicating, letting people know what was going on, really kind of taking that scout term quite literally and was a super big help to the team. So I was like, that's what I need to do as a scout. I had to retrain my mindset to, I'm not the person who's going to go in and break the other team. I'm the person who's going to help my team by letting them know what is going on at all times. Um, just quickly, shout out to my man, Leju. Uh Happy birthday, Jif. Um, hope it's a good one. I think it's it'll probably be his birthday when this podcast comes out. So if he listens, happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Good job by you, Jeff. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that communication spreads to the offense too, you know? Um, 
so uh, we like to train our guys to to get a good kind of rotation happening so that uh, you know everyone's not gathered back at at um, uh, at the resup at the same time and so being able to communicate effectively with your scout hey I'm going back or um, can you stay out a little longer or um, you go back I'm going to stay out for a bit or whatever like all that stuff you can do like make sure you talk to your teammates um yeah exactly and that's what i always tell newer players as well that in the event that a resupply gets crowded the scouts have to be the ones to take it on themselves you yeah, need to I'll leave. take one and go um take one yeah. and go even if you're only going out pushing out just mm. a little bit you're not the person who needs to yeah, be there still... so that i i think makes a, a good segue to the the second mm. point which is support mm. your three hits that is i think massive maybe the most important Absolutely. thing to do as a scout. We were talking about this at Members Night on Tuesday, actually. Um, and just the importance, uh, like you, you gotta, you gotta know what your role is on the team. Um, and sometimes your role is to be that decoy for, to take the heavy fire away from your commander. So commander can come in and put him down. You know, if you can take, if you can put one hit on the one or two hits on the um, heavy, uh, and distract them long enough for your commander to come in and take them without getting a hit off. It's huge, hugely important. Yeah, that's maybe the number one way that you can break into an enemy mm. resupply is by having the scout actually take the lead to get one out mm. of the heavy. Again, going back to 2017, I saw this in operation. Um, when Rusty would go on a lot of his attack runs, that is what he was telling Baden and Fredo most of the time was, just get one out of the heavy and I'll take care of the rest. So if I can put down the heavy in one shot, he's usually quick enough that he can do that before the heavy mm. tags him, or maybe the heavy's faced up looking the other way at the scout, then boom, he's in, and sayonara to your resupply mm. at that point. So scouts can be so useful in that regard. Even if you just take one out of the heavy, then your commander can get in on a, on a one shot. Or if you draw the heavy's fire so that you get hit instead of them, that's great. I mean, it doesn't feel very glorious at the time when it's like, okay, well, great. I just mutual with the heavy. That doesn't really do anything for the team score. But if that allows your commander to get in and get some res some resets and get a couple of medicates and things like that, then you've just done a great service mm. to your team. Yeah, absolutely. And by the same token, you know, if you're more on the the defensive end, calling things out for your heavy or putting down, you know, an enemy scout so that way they can focus on the enemy three hit who's mm. coming in. That's another way of supporting your three hits. So you can support them both on offense and on mm, defense. Exactly right. Like, and uh, giving that information back to your heavy means that they can make some, you know, important decisions around whether or not they take a resupply as well. Um, you know, because there's always the potential that your heavy runs sort of a little, a little low, <laughs> especially if a commander has just come out and they're transitioning with their own heavy to come attack you um if you're just in that lull where there's just a scout attacking and you have a scout back you know um that, that's really important information as well yeah absolutely so support your three hits i mean we we like to think that the positions are pretty balanced on the whole but we know that there is kind of a hierarchy on the on most mm. teams, usually your kind of best offensive player is going to be a playing mm. commander. So if you can maximize what they do, like you would in any other yeah. sport, you know, if, it, if it's basketball, you want to get the ball to the guy who is going to score the most points. 
if it's football, you're going to want to block for your quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You have to know where the points are coming from. That's your goal on the yeah. team is to make sure the team scores the most points because that's how you win the game. You can't win it by yeah, yourself. Exactly. Hashtag do your job. Do that yeah. job. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. Like, um, if everyone if everyone has a good understanding of what their role is um, and executes it well, it means that your other, your other teammates will trust you to know what you're supposed to be doing and vice versa. You know that you can trust them to know that they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and yeah, there, there ain't no winning without no trust. So, mm. yeah. And that, and that's the thing that you can notice so quickly, uh, with teams as you progress in skill is like on the, the better teams where you still have players who are good enough that they could probably lead another team being a three hit. If they're playing a scout and they know how to do it effectively, it makes such a huge difference. Mm. Like, yeah, scout might be one of the things that you put the newer players on, but once you have somebody who really knows how to play scout mm. well, the differential is just unbelievable. A good scout really is worth their weight yeah, in gold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you look at someone like Hoodlum, who uh, that dude somehow has a teleporter to get him to the enemy medic <laughs> to always at least he get really one hit off the enemy medic. <laughs> um, he's someone that sort of has a... a master's degree in how to play scout yeah hoodlum is definitely one i would say jared Boomtrain oh. is another yeah. um baden at least when he plays with with rusty i'm, I'm sure he's a great scout in other environments yeah. as well but especially being able to to piggyback off of um rusty he supports him super mm. well and having guys like that is part of the reason the rusty is so successful yeah. in addition to you know just being a really damn good Guys player from, like our side like the king brothers from our side like um the speed at which they play the game makes them really valuable as scouts as well because they can move around the maze so quickly and pass on information uh quicker than most so yeah those guys those guys are very good scouts as well there's a bunch there's a bunch yeah of them on the uk same. king 2K King definitely earned that uh, that All Star Scout rating at the at the last Nats because it was super valuable to you guys and super pain in the ass to the other teams <laughs> to try to deal with it to keep to keep his dumb ass at a helm. God. I mean, basically, as soon as because he's you know we, uh, we play a very uh, free flowing style of Laser Force at Auckland, um, so to go to a, a maze where. Um, uh, arena control is such an important thing um it, it almost negates your speed if if all you're doing is controlling one section of the maze so he was able to adapt pretty well um and work really well with his brother when leech switched to the commander position um yeah yeah but but to some extent i think the speed still made a bit of a difference because i know some players on other teams on my team and i know this was the case on usa a also was that they were saying, well, I can't camp helm because if a three hit comes in and kicks me out, like I'm going to get reset and yeah. missiled and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, King could camp that helm for a little while if he wasn't under pressure, but in cases where he was, so quick. he just, yeah, he was so quick. He got out of there, could just get over to the red or green tower yeah. really quick and then just reestablish as soon as that's clear or get a couple into the back of the three hit or yeah. whatever. So that speed still came and in that, handy. that's where that um communication comes back like if you can communicate well with um you know with your commander saying i've been kicked or whatever from like that particular important spot of the maze 
they can help you you know retake it back if need be uh so that you can continue to contribute to um you know the offense yep so on on that note that's another good natural segue is being a scout here is your best opportunity to give you the incentive to stay in shape for <laughs> tournaments because you should be moving yeah. a lot as a yeah. scout I won't say that I got into maybe the best shape of my life because I'm still yep. older now than, than I was when I was playing laser tag when I was 19. I'm sure I was in better shape then. But definitely I, I upped the uh, the cardio regimen pre- prepping for 2017 when I knew I was going to be playing a lot of scout at Nats, and it helped a lot because one thing that I think is really useful um, in almost any field, maybe it plays slightly different from field to field. Like Obviously you play a little bit different than how it goes mm. at Brisbane, but the best thing that scouts can do a lot of times is to control the midfield and to do that you're going to have to move around a lot it doesn't necessarily mean that you're camping one location like helm in brisbane or the tower in detroit or one of the ramps in auckland or something like that but it means that you have places you can go where you can easily shift in between offense and defense since that's kind of your job yeah exactly um yeah and like i've i've (laughs) i've i've been in two states of uh physicality where uh you know in my younger days I was in much better shape and found it a lot easier to move around the maze uh, i don't think i ever played scout at a at a nationals um whilst i was kind of in relatively good shape um i played a scout uh in nationals uh in sacramento when was that tournament 2014 2012 oh, yeah um yeah had to make the switch from heavy to scout because uh baden um his back was playing up or something he, he couldn't physically like bend down as a scout which you kind of need to do in, in in that arena um and yeah it's hard as balls if you <laughs> if you're unfit try to run around <laughs> the maze it's just it's the worst <laughs> To run around and crouch and to, to get super yeah. low, which I know came in handy a lot in, in 2017, was just trying to be a sneaky little bastard <laughs> going over that catwalk. Yeah. And if you can get below it and have to, to walk like that constantly, yeah. you know, if, you're, if your back and your, your quads and your hamstrings aren't kind of nice and toned up, you're going to be hurting oh, in yeah. the day. And then, you know, by, by day two and a half, <laughs> yeah you're you're in big trouble you're you're basically monkey crap um <laughs> <laughs> you never go full monkey crap um rest in peace monkey crap's hip um <laughs> but yeah yeah it, yeah it's so important to be uh, especially as a scout and i'd probably put commander in that bracket as well but definitely as a scout to be in good shape have you have good fitness yeah, and I think that's important overall for any position. If you really look at most of the top teams, in most cases, all the players are going to be in pretty decent shape are are going to have trained a little bit before the tournament. Um, but I think it is definitely important for a scout to have you know good ability to move around, to be mobile, to crouch for long periods, to be able to sustain up um, kind of a, a running pace. Because the other thing that scouts can do is if you're in a situation where you're trying to get that elimination, the scouts are the ones who can be running around the whole time keeping track of where the enemy players yeah, exactly. are going. Because that will allow the, the heavy and the commander to maybe get off a missile or start building toward yeah. that nuke. So if you're the ones who are trying to, to keep up with that fleeing player, so much the better for your yeah, team. Yeah, because usually, you know, towards the end of the game, if you've had a good game as a team, um, 
you know your scouts are, are usually in a decent position lives wise so um if you've got good fitness you can afford to to um legally chase your opponent around the maze and call out their position and be that scout you know um yeah which let's qualify that here and clarify for the audience <laughs> We say by legally chase, that means that you keep your gun pointed at the ground. This is the one time you don't keep your gun up, kids. You keep your gun pointed yeah. at the ground or even sometimes behind your back so you make it very clear to the referee that you're not targeting the opponent, maybe even calling out, you know, not yeah. targeting this person as you run through and then clarifying, you know, where you're going, what they're doing, so that way your team knows what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and if you do find yourself in a position where you have to, um, uh, you know, target that player, make sure you call out. <laughs> one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then do it. Um, you don't want to leave anything to chance with the referees. <laughs> you still count Mississippi's in well, New Zealand? Yeah, it's a. It seems like a magical place. I hear it's not, but it, it seems like a magical place. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's a certain kind of magic. I'll, I'll it's it's not Tahiti. Yeah, Tahiti is a magical place. Um, yeah, but one Tahiti, two Tahiti is not two <laughs> yeah, seconds. Exactly so. right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, make it as you know clear and obvious as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So that I think is is big because I've seen that so many times. Sometimes in casual nights, but even in leagues in Sacramento, I'd see that toward the end of the game where you'd be trying to get that elimination and there's under 60 seconds. I would just see such a lack of urgency on the part of scouts where they'd be posting up, staying stationary, or walking yeah. around. I'm like, guys, it's time yeah, to run. Yeah. And I know you're you're tired at the end of that 15 minutes, but that's all the more reason why get yourself in a situation where I was, you know, in the in the run up to to that Nats. I'm like, okay, I need to be able to run continuously mm. for 40 to 45 minutes, which I really don't like running in terms <laughs> of my my fitness. I'm not I'm not fan. I can't just go out and run for for three hours because I'm a crazy person. Because uh, father time. So I really took a lot of a lot of sacrifice. But I'm like, but if I know I can run, you know, on a treadmill or on the trail or something like that for 40, 45 minutes, I should be able to handle a 15 yeah, minute game. Yeah, At that yeah. point, and you know, really, that post up role is for your medic. Um, if assuming your medic is still in the game, um, yeah, yeah, your job or just or your ammo or somebody yeah, else. Yeah. Your job is to is to keep moving to find the enemy player. Is to scout. scout, like the, the name exactly. implies. So stay in shape, control the midfield, be able to pivot in between offense and defense. Sometimes when I'm training up newer players in SAC, what I would do to make sure that they didn't get bunched up is I would basically just kind of draw a diagonal down the middle of the map and say, look, this scout is going to handle this side of the maze. The other scout, you're going to handle the other side. So that way you guys don't get crossed up and you're not going to just be free resets for an enemy three hit who tracks down yeah, both of yeah. you. Because uh, that's what I have told a lot of people when they they take on some of the better players is the good commanders will know how to take advantage of that. If they have scouts who are bunched up, they're just going to start feasting on special points and building that nuke super yeah. quick. So there are occasional situations where you might have scouts working in tandem, but by and large, you kind of want to be supporting the three hits and not sticking super close to your resup, not sticking super close to the other scout. If you can have your scouts who are posting up in different locations and controlling different parts of the field, that's so much more of just ground control and visibility that you have. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Okay, moving on to number four. So number four is use hit differential to your advantage. I think hit differential is important for a lot of positions, but it will come through a lot more clearly as a scout because you have to tag an enemy three hit three times to put them mm -hmm. down. 
hence the name three hit, uh, you're going to be able to very quickly measure whether or not you're being effective in supporting your three hits and contributing overall to your team. Because if you're just going head-to-head with three hits and you're getting one-to-one every time, guess what? You're not helping out your team very much. Uh, I'll put a caveat on that uh, and say if you are taking uh, one hit off the heavy every time you go into to an opposition reset, um, which in turn means that your your commander can take them down in one hit, that may be the only caveat. But generally, yeah. You... Right, right. But that goes back to number two, which is supporting your, that's your right. three yeah. hits in yeah. that case. But you're, 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 it's very rarely going to be the case where that's all you're doing the entire yeah, game. If that is the case, then, hey, go yeah. for it. <laughs> but other than that, uh, um, what, what that's again, what I tell newer players is don't try to go head-to-head with the yeah. three hits. Get yourself in a position where you can get them in the back where you're covering kind of the edge of the field or something like that, where people are going to have to creep by you or if they want to go down the middle of the field, you're going to have a clean shot at their back. And if you can get all three hits into a three hit and they don't put you down, that's a net of 360 points for your team because the enemy commander or heavy is going to lose 60 points. You're going to get 300. That's almost as much as a missile right there from being able to take down a three hit unopposed. Mm. That is a lot of points. Those get those rack up pretty quickly. Obviously, we're all going for the elimination wherever possible. But when games are going to time, and a lot of them are going to go to time in Detroit, you want to be on top, and you want to have the most points. The scouts are the ones, a lot of times, that are going to be making that difference. Because three hits are going to be going head-to-head a lot. Their hit differential is probably going to be pretty close to mm. one. I mean, maybe if they're they're really good... It'll be up around the 1.3, 1.4 mark, mark if they've had a really great game. But it's the scouts who are going to be getting up to that hit differential of like 1.5, 1.7. If you can get up somewhere close to mm. 2, you think that. about how much of an advantage that gives your team in terms of your point yeah. scoring that you have provided twice as much of an advantage to your team as you know just a, a replacement level. I'm always going one-to-one with the, with the enemy players. That adds up really, really quickly. So use that hit differential to your advantage. I would say um, uh, this one is probably um, uh, maybe maze dependent. Um, so, um, you know, in our maze, uh, historically, um, a lot of the time, you know, it's basically you get eliminations um, because because yeah. both teams are basically trying to, like... Um, break a resup whereas you know it's it's more i you know i know it's supposed to always be about that but a lot of mazes do have more of a um uh you know control zone uh, control yeah zones of the maze aspect whereas auckland like i guess doesn't really have that so if you're not attacking the resupply you're basically doing nothing um because the action's happening generally at either resupply um, not a lot's happening in sort of the, the outer zones of the maze. So whilst, yeah, whilst it is really important that, you know, your, your hit diff is up, um, achieving that through, you know, trying to shoot people in the back um, doesn't always happen in our maze. So, uh, yeah, I think depending on your maze, you'll, you'll see your hit diff go up or down. I know that, you know, with Sacramento, you could see large sections of the arena um, and, you know, not not easy but it's more likely that you could shoot uh opposing um three hits in the back same with uh brisbane you know um 
but yeah, Auckland, because it's so mazy, uh, it's a lot harder to do that because, you know, you can't see uh, across large spans uh, of the arena. Have you guys considered just getting better? <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're trying. No, <laughs> yeah, obviously it is going to be kind of field dependent. Um, but I, I, I just feel like I've seen enough fields, ones that play fast versus ones that play mm. slow, that the better scouts almost always are going to have close to the, the best hit differential in in yeah. the tournament. And again, I think if you're if you're getting above kind of like the 1.7, 1.8 range, you're really elite in terms of the kind of value you're providing to your team just on a, on a kind of point-scoring basis because there really isn't anybody else who's going to be able to do that kind of thing consistently just because of the nature of the game because scouts get taken down in one hit and they have to put three shots into an enemy three hit to do to, to yeah. get them down. And to be fair, like, um, uh, we do have... Uh, we do have a lot of uh, players that do um, have relatively high hit diff when they play scout. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. It does happen. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, there are there are mazes that lend themselves to to that more so than maybe, yeah, our home maze. Mm. Yeah. But that is something that I point out to newer players, though, is even in situations where you maybe don't feel like you've been that effective as a scout, because you haven't scored a lot of mm. points, because that's not always your job. Check your hit differential. Mm. For for newer players, the first thing I'm like, you got to cross the barrier to to get over one. Mm. So at least you're putting out as many points as the enemy is taking yeah. off of you. That's step yeah. one: is get above that that one point out hit differential. And then if you're getting up from there, then you're already providing more value to your team than the enemy is reaping off yeah. of you. Yeah, you, it's exactly right. Um, yeah, I guess like, uh, you know, at our maze, I think our hit diff sort of, uh, for scouts floats around that 1.5, like for good scouts between 1.5 and two, um, you know, so that's right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's right really that good. Range. Yeah. 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 So just in general, I think using hit diff to your advantage because of just the nature of the, the breakdowns, you see the difference in hit differential much more at scout than other yeah. places. Um, obviously, if you have a really high hit differential as a commander or heavy, that's great, but there are going to be situations where maybe you sacrifice some hit differential to do more damage to the other yeah. team. Um, like in the most extreme example, right, if you look at like last year, Hoodlum's <laughs> hit differential was abysmal. It was awful, but hey, he did a lot of damage to yeah. enemy medics. He, he got Medicular and was willing to, to put his body yeah. on the line for that, sometimes quite yeah. literally. Like, he would get, he would get killed every time, but he would generally, you know, take a life from the medic, you know, so it would be interesting to see yeah, um, yeah work out, like, his hit diff versus his medic hits. Um and find out okay so every <laughs> every third shot he makes he kills he takes a life off a medic or something that'd be <laughs> that'd be interesting to see russ we got a yeah, new job buddy. for you get on it that's my breakdown <laughs> but no i seriously have done kind of breakdowns for that because i really started kind of getting into the just the efficiency of different shots versus resupply and things mm-hmm. like that um, specifically in the run up to the Sacramento tournament, because I was really trying to pull out any tool I could have to try to just weasel any advantage we could get 
against mm-hmm. Brisbane, which ultimately came to nothing because we still lost, but <laughs> hey, it was still a fun yeah, project. Exactly. And, you know, trying to, to drill down on, okay, well, what's acceptable hit differential to trade for, for getting mm-hmm. meta kits? How often are we going to need to succeed at elimination? Because especially if you're going to give up a lot of points trying to get those meta kits, you better make sure you get that elimination. Yeah, exactly. So, which if you know I'd done better in supporting Hoodlum <laughs> last year, uh, we could we could have done you, we could have done played commander for the most part last year with them. I oh, I, I popped around all over the place because we started out the week. Um, I was playing commander and he was playing yeah. scout. Then we kind of moved it around because Al wasn't really feeling heavy, so we moved Hoodlum to commander and Nita yeah. heavy. Um, but then we were having problems on the back end, so I switched to ammo. Um, I think on the the third day, and that seemed to work a lot yeah. better. But just overall, we were at I think too much of a of a deficit, but I love playing ammo, especially yeah. in Brisbane. But we'll we'll save that for the for the ammo. Podcast. I think Nidal like was he got himself into obviously he was in the best shape of his playing career. <laughs> uh, it was just <laughs> itching to get out and do some damage rather than sort of taking that kind of uh, that heavy role. <laughs> he was in great shape, but a little bit out oh, of yeah, practice. True. I mean, the boys hadn't played since the previous Brisbane Nationals. So, you know, it was, it's, it was exactly. a long time between drinks for them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, not the long between yeah. drinks. <laughs> uh, all right, okay, so final point is uh, getting back to, to the issue of Hoodlum is you can score those sneaky hits on the, mm-hmm. the Medic. So although so much of the game is about supporting your team, supporting your three hits controlling the midfield, push comes to shove, you can still do damage as a scout. And if you can just be that sneaky person who's getting in and getting those kind of cheap meta kits, sometimes that I call them, that can also be really helpful for for the team. Again, going back to 2017, it wasn't my initial goal going in. I was like, I really don't think I'm going to have any shot at getting meta killer this year because this is not my goal. My goal is to make sure I control the Mm -hmm. midfield, to make sure that Venom can get in and do his thing to communicate to to Sean when Rusty's coming in and you know what what side the the three hits are playing in. But in a few different games, just kind of in the flow of the game, I found myself that um, I might have been the only person who was on offense. So if I can kind of sneak in the back door and just pop a quick one <laughs> into the medic and then kind of get that's away, <laughs> then hey, that's you're already whittling them down and and getting them into a situation where those commander's nukes are going to be that much more efficient. So learn how to be sneaky how to operate around because you can't just kind of go in guns blazing a lot of times as a scout because you can get taken down in yeah. one hit. So sometimes you have to find the, the crafty ways to get in, to go to the side that the heavy isn't defending from, to wait until you hear them put down the heavy or you know they're kind of looking in the other direction. If you're playing in a two-floor maze and your team has been kicked downstairs, well, maybe you take it upon yourself to, to go up and kind of do some guerrilla mm-hmm. warfare upstairs while the enemy team is trying to resupply or if they've sent all their attackers after your your resupply well maybe you're going to catch theirs unawares and um it's interesting because i think uh like you know as a as a newer player you know you you initial um your initial movement around the maze is very uh janky very like cautious uh and then once you get a kind of feel uh, I think a lot of people sort of flip the other way. They become overzealous. They think that, okay, if I've got to, well, this is what I notice in our maze anyway. I've got to run in there and just shoot whoever I can um, as quickly as possible and then die and just do that over and over again. But, yeah, you're right. Like, sometimes running in guns blazing is not always the correct way to do it. Um, 
you can be smarter um you can be uh a little cautious you can you know um you can take the alternative route than just uh relying on pure speed and timing um if if that's not yeah, one of the strong this is gonna this is going to vary a little bit from player yeah. to player too. Obviously, this is one of the few areas in my life where not being particularly tall has been an advantage <laughs> to me. Is being able to sneak around a yeah. laser tag maze. Shout out to um, pint size. You know. <laughs> Shout out to pint yeah. size and all the other vertically challenged players. Uh, meow out, out of there. Brisbane. So you can use that to, yeah. If you if you're small enough that you can fit behind the the missile in Brisbane, then hey, you can be extra exactly sneaky. Right. Um, obviously, if you're Baden or Fredo or Morange, <laughs> maybe sneakiness isn't always your uh, your your best tool that yeah. you have. But visibility definitely yeah. is. So there are going to be different ways for scouts to succeed in in yeah. other ways. I know in in 2010, back in Chula Vista, uh, Baden's height and being able to get over some of those walls created an utter uh, nightmare for trying to break into to your guys' yeah. resupply. Now, granted, they were we were playing with the janky rules, but <laughs> yeah. even so, I think you might have been able to legally <laughs> get over some of those those walls and and just kind of create havoc yeah. there. And so, whether you're short, whether you're tall, there are definite ways that you can use your physicality to your yeah. advantage to to get some of those those helpful uh, kind of field control things for it's your team. It's harder being, I think, for some for some arenas, it's harder being in that kind of mid-range where you're not short enough to to creep around and you're not tall enough to see distance <laughs> i find that with brisbane like if you're at either end of the spectrum you do pretty well there if you kind of smack bang in the middle uh you gotta rely on your natural talent <laughs> and maybe your fitness um but yeah fitness is always, is always yeah. good again you, you, your, your physicality to your yeah, advantage absolutely um but yeah, that I think that also ties into you know, um, being being a smarter player, um, you know, taking a beat to kind of think about your situation and um, being able to make the best decision uh, based on what that situation is. Yeah, it's maybe not quite as cerebral of a position as commander, but it's definitely yeah. up there. I tend to tell a lot of players that scout is the easiest position to learn, but it is one of the hardest yeah, to master absolutely. because there are almost always little tweaks you can make to your yeah. game to just squeeze out that little bit more of efficiency yeah, you can, that's going to be helpful for you. Know, make you a can difference. get by you know, without doing those things, but if you can master those things... Uh, yeah, you, your ability to play the position just it grows so much. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's one of the hardest to master. I still argue that that heavy is ultimately both the hardest to learn and the hardest <laughs> to master for a variety of different reasons. But scout, I think is is, is maybe is, yeah. There there is a, I think a certain kind of mindset to to playing heavy. I, I was when we roll around to that podcast, I kind of compare it in some ways to being a keeper in soccer or being the kicker in football or being a pitcher yeah. in baseball where you're kind of the lone, you're kind of the oddball, the <laughs> odd man out on the team where you're kind of on your own island and you need to be very much in your own head and have your own kind of control. Yeah, of the I'm game. looking forward to that podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so coming, coming yeah, soon. Yeah. Um, but do you want to just do a quick recap of the points? Yep, absolutely. So point number one is 
to take the term scout literally. Be a scout. Be the person who is communicating everything to your team and keeping eyes out for things, which means not crowding your resupply. If you're back crouching in resupply, you're not helping anyone. So be a scout. Be mobile. Be the eyes and ears of your team. Point number two, probably the most important thing, the single most important thing I can impart to players is support your three hits. We we appreciate scouts it. can make a big difference, but three <laughs> hits are, are really where the the you know the the kind of raw offense and the raw power of the game yeah. is coming in. So support them. Three is control the midfield, or maybe not the midfield if it's Auckland or a maze that plays a little bit mm-hmm. differently, but at least kind of control your zone of the field so that way you can pivot easily in between offense mm-hmm. and defense. I think. The, the kind of distinction between offense and defense is a little bit um, overrated in terms of the way that people talk about laser force where it's like, well, there's the defense side, there's the offensive mm. side. But I think especially with scouts, being able to pivot in between those kind of uh, seamlessly is a really important mm. thing. So that's really what I mean by controlling the midfield. It may not mean a zone of control, but being able to kind of swing easily in between different <laughs> roles. Yeah, swinging. <laughs> <laughs> we always That's love the swingers right. uh, four is use hit differential to your advantage since it's going to take three shots for you to take down the enemy three hit and only one for them to put you down that means that your hit differential should be higher than other players just as a kind of mechanical operation mm-hmm. of the game and then if your hit differential is really high you're providing a lot more value to your team in terms of point scoring than a lot of other players if- are Again, you, you don't have missiles, so you can't get necessarily those super high-value kinds of plays. But if you take down a three-hit without getting shot, that's still a net 360 gain for your team. It's not quite as much as a missile, but it's still pretty now, damn just, good. Just in case you don't know, there is the the website lfstats.com. Uh, and if your site you know plays regular Space Marines, it's likely that your stats are going to be uploaded to that site. Um, you, that's probably the most important stat. I think that and maybe medicates, but that one's one of the most important stats to pay attention to. If you want to improve your game um, and need a focus point, try try using that as your focus. Try yeah, focus on your hit diff, because um, if your hit diff is low, uh, have a chat to some of your your vets about how you can improve that or things that you can do just to improve that stat and if you improve that stat you'll probably notice that your game in general you know goes up i think that the two are intrinsically linked yeah hot take guys if you shoot more people than you get shot um that's good <laughs> i mean you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> and then uh point five was be the the sneaky guerrilla warfare kind of person who can maybe get those extra hits on the medic we can't all be hoodlum we can't all have a teleporter but all of us can use our physicality in different ways to either get kind of long shots if you're tall or to kind of creep under walls if you're short so that way you can get around and get some extra hits on the medic or get extra resets on people who are going by so be able to get yourself in an advantageous position where you're going to be able to help your team um and not just communicate but actually score some of those extra points it's rare that a scout's going to be leading the offense by themselves, but hey, if those moments come around, you might have the opportunity yeah. to shine. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I mean, uh, the, obviously this is just our opinion. Uh, we've been playing the game for quite a while, so 
um, we have a good feel of how how the games play. But there are you know obviously other players that have their opinions too, and um, a lot of them are fantastic players. So um, if you do have uh, you know somebody's been playing the game for a while, but you know not just that, but at a high level, make sure you hit them up. Like don't be afraid to ask them for some some help or some advice because um, I'm, I'm sure most people are, are pretty open to, to helping. And if, you know, if someone at your site isn't like that, contact one of us or contact somebody from the, the scene because um, if you show a willingness to, to learn and, you know, expand your game, um, people are pretty open to talking about Laser Force with you. Um, we, I mean, well, I'd, like you said earlier, I'd, I'd, we could talk about Laser Force all day if we could. <laughs> I gotta do something since I can't play yeah, it right exactly now. Exactly right. You got that itch. <laughs> um, <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to add? I think that's probably gonna cover it for at least the the intro scout yeah. podcasting, and this is aimed at a little bit at sort of developing players, things like that. So we have a sort of archive or record that we can point to to newer players of well, what are some ways I can improve at these mm-hmm. positions? So I, I wouldn't ever describe these podcasts as the end all be all for this is how you must play this yeah. position. Obviously, really good players are going to have their own take, and they're going to have to yeah. improvise. And being able to improvise is a key thing that you will learn as you, you go through. But if I, I had to distill kind of the five things that I would tell people, <laughs> you know, that are looking to improve their, their scout game, that was kind of the list that I narrowed it's it down to. to. It's about as nuanced as trying to pick your top uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films. <laughs> it's difficult. But, you know, if you had to choose... <laughs> Yeah. Difficult, but Thor Dark World still sucked, <laughs> so we can already put that at the bottom. Um, all right, well, that'll do us for this week. Uh, I've been Guy Next Door. And I've been DK. Always remember to backtrack, kids. We will see you next week, hopefully. Yep. <laughs>